moment as we read verse 27 in Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. The Bible says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. You may be seated. Uh, we've been given a mandate uh, in the scriptures when you look at uh, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, we've been given a Great Commission, and whenever you look at that Great Commission, one of the things that it's centered on or it's focused on is Jesus Christ, and so we have that mandate, and that should be our focus, that should be our purpose, and so uh, when you come to church, I want to challenge you about your priorities. When you show up at the door of the house of God, and I want to challenge you about when you walk through those doors. And here's the challenge. Have you prepared your heart to come and hear the Word of God? Have you prepared yourself? And then if you say, well, yeah, I've prepared myself, are you coming in with a pure heart? In other words, have you asked God to kind of cleanse you and forgive you of your sins and kind of have a clean heart when you come in? And, and then ask yourself this. Do I have a teachable spirit? Do I have a spirit that's willing to take in things that I'm hearing while I'm at church? Or am I that person that says, I've heard that verse many a time, I, I got it, and I uh, don't really need anything else from that? Or do you have a teachable spirit? And then what it should do is, is, when I hear the Word of God being preached, then it should motivate me and cause me to be willing to do the work of the ministry. And I do that out of love and obedience. I do that out of uh, faith and, and, and obedience to my Savior, out of a spirit of worship. Uh, and, uh, and I have that attitude of, I'm here for Christ's purpose and not my own. And so the reason I'm here at church isn't just for me. It's because I love my Savior and I want to do what would serve Him best. And so I look at this and it says, only let your conversation be as become of the gospel of Christ. And of course, the word conversation there, we're talking about your life and your lifestyle. And so it should demonstrate the gospel. And so I think we must come with a heart that loves God. I think we ought to come in just thinking about Him. How many of you have Jesus on your mind? How many of you think about him often? How many of you, you're driving down the road or you're, have you, have you gotten into a dialogue with your Savior today? Have you talked to him? Have you communicated with him? Have you told him that you love him? Have you, have you spoken to him? And just, just uh, allow him to speak to your heart. And have you read his word today? He wrote us a love letter and have you read it today? Have you, have you allowed him to speak to you through his word today? What kind of relationship do you have with him at the moment? You know, a spirit that wants to grow together in Christ has to have the mind of Christ. And so we've got to have the purpose of God in mind when we come to church. And so what is God's purpose? Well, he certainly wants you to grow as a Christian, that we grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He wants that to happen for us. And so you have to ask yourself, what am I doing in preparation to go to church? How many of you just rush out of the house and just get through the door and just get yourself ready and just get back over here and just come in? And, and I haven't thought about him, not even in the trip on the way here have I thought about him. And I'm just going to go and, and pastor in an hour, he'll be done and we're out of here. And I'm not really even thinking about what is the purpose of even entering into the doors of the house of God. I haven't come really with a prepared heart or haven't come with that spirit that I need. And so I want to challenge you in that thought. You know, I, I began to think about even when we're here, the ministry is not a solo, is it? We've got to work together. And, and when I look at the scriptures and I see this, he said, he said, whether I uh, come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you may stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Well, guess what? When we're dealing with the gospel, it's not a solo. 
I was just thinking, Kathy, how you went down Lutheran Road, <laughs> you met the Blumenstocks, right? So you got the girls to come to church, I think, is what started it. Am I right in saying that? Alyssa. Okay, so, so see how God works. So you, then you go out to Lutheran Road, you meet them, ask Brittany to come. Brittany comes to a service one morning, the gospel's preached, and the opportunity to lead her to the Lord came here in the service. You had a burden for the family, didn't you? And you said, hey, Pastor Chris, her husband, now I want to tell you, how is this working? Are you with me? So we're all coming together, we're gathering around Brittany, we're trying to encourage her and all that kind of stuff. We're striving together for the faith of the what? Gospel, aren't we? We're all working. And by the way, we're all on the same team. I know we don't feel that way all the time, but we're on Team Jesus, amen? And, and, and we're striving to make things happen. And so now what do we do? Well, we've got to invest in this family. So Chris gets saved now, and then Brittany and Chris get baptized, and the girls are really interested now. Like, Mom and, what, what, what are Mom and Dad doing? And, and what is this all about? And of all, of all the children, Sierra was the most intense, and she's wondering what's happening. But here's the thing. As we all work together, what can happen as you work together? We can reach families, can't we? And so one may reach them by getting them to come to church. One may be reach them by giving them the gospel. Another speak to them about baptism. Are you with me? It's us working together for the faith of the gospel. And so as we bring families in, we are a family of God. And the family of God works together. And so we strive together. So the ministry is not a solo and that's why our Savior, think about it, he used 12 men. Did Jesus really need those 12 guys to accomplish what he was going to do? No. God wanted Jesus to use those men. And he used those men, and the gospel that we preach today was the gospel they preached then, wasn't it? And so you look at this and you see this, so it's, it's for the furtherance of the gospel. And so when you're thinking about this, when you say, well, what are we striving for? Well, we want to inspire people. We want to influence people for Jesus Christ. We want to impact people's lives for Jesus Christ. We want to do it for the purpose of Christ. We want to involve them. We want to instruct them. We want to impact them. We want to do something that helps them with their relationship with Jesus Christ. And so now that you know the Blumenstocks are saved and they've been baptized, what are we going to do as a church body to influence that family for the Lord? What are we going to do? Say, preacher, I hope you get it done. Me too, but I hope you get it done too. Amen? I hope we all do something to make a difference in those people's lives. And so you say, well, they're not here this evening or that, uh, somebody's absent from here or whatever. Listen, that's why we work together as a church body. Well, I can only be in one place at one time. I am not God. Amen? I'm not omnipotent. I'm not omniscient. I'm not omnipresent. But we can all invest in other people's lives. And so it takes a little bit from everybody to do everything we can. Boy, we need to pray for Cheryl tonight. Amen? And, and I think about her condition. But we do that, why? For the faith of the gospel. We're reaching out to people. We are a family. And so the Lord wants the members of this church to strive together for the faith of the gospel. I think some effects take place when we strive together. One of the things is, is our lifestyle. When we know we're out in the community, our lifestyle ought to be different than the rest of the community. And, and not in a weird sense, but God called us a peculiar people, but we're not weirdos. We are a peculiar people in the sense that we believe Jesus has the answers to our difficulties. Would you agree tonight? And, and so they want to see that, and we ought to communicate that in our life, and our lifestyle. So we ought to have a lifestyle change as a, as a member of this church. Our spirit changes. In other words, we don't want to go out in this community and present a negative spirit. Uh, we want to be able to portray Christ, amen? 
And so those you communicate with and those you come in contact with, listen, everything we do is for the furtherance of the gospel. And whether we have an event or an activity here or whether we're out in the community and we're communicating with people in the community, it's for that purpose. And then lastly, I talk about a mind change because he said that we stand fast in one spirit with one mind. That means we're thinking together, doesn't it? We got one mind, and so let this mind be in you, which is also where? In Christ Jesus. We're all thinking about Christ. We're all thinking on the same page, and then we're striving together for the faith of the gospel. When I talk about this lifestyle change for just a moment, our citizenship is not on this earth. The uh, term conversation, it's, a, it's got a political meaning, but it's live as citizens of heaven. So ask yourself, am I living as a citizen of heaven already? Is that how I live my life? Do I live it as if heaven is where I am right now? And really, we should be that way. We should have that attitude and that spirit about us. And so we are citizens of heaven. And so Paul said, whether I'm with you or apart from you, there is a responsibility to live like Christians. You know, I thought about in Hebrews there in chapter 11 and verses 13 through 16, he said they were looking for a better country, a heavenly Amen. They were looking for something beyond where we are now. In Philippians 3.20, he said, for our conversation is in heaven. So how we live now is as if we were in heaven. And so our life and our citizenship is already there. But I want you to consider this. How many of us see people, including Christians, who have planted our roots so deep in this world? It's so deep in this world. And we get to that place that the thought of departing just brings tears and tears us apart. And, and, and we think about that departure. Now listen, departure from here can, it can bring some tears, but those of us that are saved, we know that we'll meet up with them again. But we have our roots so deep here that we're entrenched in this place called earth rather than focused on that place called heaven. And so we get that way as believers at times. And as Christians, we have a life and a lifestyle change that should lead us to loving God more and thinking more about those eternal things. And so when he says our home is in heaven, that's what we should be considering. So loving the Lord, by the way, folks, I really believe is an internal thing. It's not just external, because you can see people. How many of you remember the name Jeffrey Dahmer? How many of you know who I'm talking about when I say Jeffrey Dahmer? And he was a mass murderer. Well, when you saw him come into the courtroom, he looked pretty much like what I have on right now. <laughs> so an outward thing is not it, is it? I believe God wants us internally. And you, how many times when Jesus was dealing with Pharisees and it says, and Jesus knew their... Go ahead, you can say it. Jesus knew their what? He knew what they were thinking. Jesus knows what we're thinking. And, and what I'm challenging you with is this. A lifestyle, a lifestyle change in loving God leads us to loving Him more. It becomes an internal thing. It's in the heart. And listen, that personal relationship with Him grows every day. How are you helping yourself spiritually every day? Are you really allowing yourself to be nourished up in the words of God? And so I believe that's a part of that lifestyle change, that we start putting off the world and start putting on the mind of Christ. It's exactly what he did. And the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Would you agree? Amen. And so you see things very differently. You see them through a different set of lenses. And you look at the world from a spiritual perspective and not just by what the world sees in man's philosophy. You see it in a very different way. When we come together, it's to participate in Christ-honoring worship services. Services are an opportunity for the preaching of the Word, but a response to the Word. And what happens is, is that if you're 
coming in with a prepared heart. You're coming in uh, saying, you know what? I've got this teachable spirit. I have this prepared heart. I am just ready with a heart of obedience. And I, I've been praying. I've asked God to purify me. And I come in. And whenever the preaching of the word starts to take place, things start happening in your own lives. And it's not a matter of who's standing here. It's a matter of this making a change and making a difference in my life. It is the word of God. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth, is it not? So what changes a man? What changes a woman? It's the truth of the Word of God. And so if you really truly believe that, you're going to invest your time in this book. You're going to invest your time with your Savior, Christ Jesus. You want that lifestyle change. You want that conversation, that life, and that lifestyle to reflect the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're going to desire to do that. Mark 12, 30, and boy, I read this, and every time I do, I think about this, and the Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. <laughs> Man, I'm not there. I'm just not there all the time. I want to, but I'm not there. And I look at this passage, and it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Now listen, and with all thy soul. <laughs> I don't believe I'm there. And then he says this, And with all thy mind. How are you thinking? How are you thinking? Daily, how are you thinking? Are you thinking about the right things or thinking about the wrong things throughout the day? How much time is spent with your mind on Christ and not on the world? How much time is spent on Him and thinking about Him? And it says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Listen to this. And with all thy strength. Now, I don't know about you. That's a that's pretty comprehensive statement in there, isn't it? He's covered everything from physical strength to the mind to the body to the soul. Are you with me? He's saying with everything within us, and everything without us, we ought to show that love of Christ. Now listen, he said that's the first what? Commandment, isn't it? That's the first thing we ought to be doing. That is the first thing that ought to be in our mind. And if you love me, keep my commandments, he said. And what is the first commandment that we must keep? And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And we dare. I mean, I, I, I don't know that I'm there every day. I want to be, but boy, I'll tell you, it causes me to think about it. And boy, when I get in those conversations with him, I just shared with the ladies here just a little bit ago, I was wrestling with God last night. And, uh, and he didn't throw my leg out of joint or anything, but I was like, Lord, I'm going to go do this funeral for someone I've never met before in my life. And the first thing he said is, your pastor taught you something. And, and I'm sitting there and I, I'm saying, like, what, Lord? <laughs> now, Chris, this conversation's taking on at 2 in the morning. I was going to give you a call, see what you thought, but and I figured you might be sleeping. But, but the thing of it is, is that I'm wrestling with this thing. I said, what am I going to say about this? I don't even know her. And my pastor told me this one thing. He said, you always have one message you can preach no matter what's going on. you got a message to preach, Bob. And it dawned on me. I said, just go in and preach the gospel. I don't have to know her to preach the gospel. All I know is that God loved her, and where she is now, we can't do anything about, but the people sitting in the room have an opportunity, don't they? And so God reminded me that this was my responsibility. This is what I want you to do. You don't have to know a person to preach the gospel. Isn't that wonderful to know? How many people's doors do you go knock on? You don't know them, but you're going to preach the gospel to them. You're going to give it to them, aren't you? You're going to share the word of God with them. I, I challenge you with this. This conversation, this life and lifestyle is to be surrounded with loving our Lord, our God. And I believe with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, that's the first commandment. God said this is what we should be doing. Part of that lifestyle will emanate out from you as you do that and you walk with the Lord. I think it presents the gospel and so I challenge you tonight, come with a prepared heart when you come to church. Say, it's a Wednesday night. Really? Yeah, on a Wednesday night, come with a prepared heart. On a Wednesday night, come with a pure heart. Yeah, come with a pure heart. 
On a Wednesday night, come with a teachable spirit. Oh, yeah, come with a teachable spirit. Just come in and say, God, I'm looking for something from you tonight. And, and ask God to feed your soul for, Lord, I've spent time with you, and I'm coming in love and obedience. I'm coming to worship you in spirit and in truth, in faith and in obedience. And, Lord, I want to strive together for your purpose, and that is to promote the gospel, the furtherance of the gospel. Second thought is this. As a body of believers, Christ also encourages us to stand fast. If you look at this verse, he said, Only let your conversation as it become the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you may stand fast. That word stand fast is such a wonderful word. Standing fast in one spirit is the charge or the challenge to us as believers. It means to be stationary, to hold your ground, to persevere. This is not, not doing anything, but it's like kind of holding your ground, holding your position. And it doesn't mean you're not doing anything. It means that you're doing everything you can. And you're holding that position. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13, he said, Watch ye, or be vigilant. Stand fast in the faith. Quit, be ye manly. Be ye like men. Be strong. And he's saying, stand fast in the faith. In other words, take a hold on what you've got. Take a stand for what you believe in. Take a hold on that. Persevere. Take that challenge. He said in Galatians 5, 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Hold on to that. Hang on to that and persevere in that thought that we have what maybe others don't, but we're to give it to them. It's for the furtherance of the gospel. That's why we're standing fast. He said in Philippians 4.1, stand fast in the Lord. Hold that charge. Hold your ground. Persevere in the Lord. Take that challenge in your heart and say, that's what I'm going to do. He said in 1 Thessalonians 3.8, for now we live if he stand fast in the Lord. Take that stand. Persevere. We have eternal life in us. And so God says, stand fast in that. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 15, he said, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or by epistle. He says that you stand fast in the word of God. Hold true to the word of God. How many of you have knocked on a door and, and, and you're talking to someone and they tell you, well, I know that says, but I, but you, all you have to do is say, yes, but the word of God. <laughs> Amen. We've got to stick with the truth. Stand fast in the Word. I've had people say to me, well, that's how you believe, but I believe. <laughs> but if we're believing according to the Word of God, folks, unfortunately for them, they've got the wrong belief system if they do not believe this book. <laughs> and our goal is, is to take that, maybe that person that is that heathen, that's living that heathenistic lifestyle, and we're trying to teach them how to be godly. And it starts with salvation. And so we're trying to move, but we need to stand fast on the gospel, taking the word of God to them. If you're going to live as a citizen of heaven, then you do everything you can to stand fast and persevere. I think to stand fast in one spirit is to first persevere in one spirit. And I believe what that is, is that's divine guidance. We can do that together. By the way, you don't have a different Holy Spirit than I have. We have the same Holy Spirit in us if you're saved tonight. Amen? Nobody's got anything different. We all have the same. And so when he tells us to stand fast in one spirit and you look at that and you give it some thought, I think that's the divine guidance. A lot of times we want to run the church by earthly wisdom and not by divine guidance. <laughs> we, want to, we, want to, we want to do it based upon what I think, not what the Word of God says sometimes. Or this is how I feel, and, and we know the world's just high on feelings today. Would you agree? I mean, everything's about how they feel, and the facts don't matter anymore. And boy, we ought to be guided, even as men in the church, by the Word of God. And I believe that comes as we study. We grow together in Christ, 
And you know, folks, we've got Sunday school, we've got prayer meetings, we've got fellowship, we've got one-on-one discipleship. And, and what it is, is we use all of those as tools to teach, to impact, to influence other people's lives for Jesus Christ. If you're in a Sunday school class in this church, you ought to invite people to Sunday school. You ought to say, just come. You don't have to be a member of the church come to Sunday school, do you? All you got to do is just show up. Come on in and, and, and do some inviting to people. Just invite them to come in to be a part of the Sunday school class. And let them come in. And what am I going to do in that class? Well, you partner with them. You sit down with them. And, and you sit beside them. If they don't know where something is in the Bible, open your Bible and say, well, let me show you where it is. Or give them a Bible and then open the Bible and say, look, here's where it is. By the way, the Bible has a table of contents. You can look there and you can find these books that this person's speaking about. And you take them to the verse and you point them to the verse and you show them the verse. Listen, that's influencing other people for Jesus Christ. That's us working together as a family. That's teaching them, helping them. And I think whenever I read this, I don't think Paul was saying, boy, just hang in there. I think he said, persevere. Stick with the stuff. Stand fast. Do what you need to do. Telling the believer that it's possible to persevere and it comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then there needs to be unity among the believers. And that unity is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is not separate from God and separate from Christ. The three are one, are they not? And we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides in us. Boy, when we come together, we ought to be unified. Would you agree? We ought to be one. And we ought to be thinking as one. We ought to have mind as one. And so we come together and we're going to persevere for what purpose, preacher? For the furtherance of the gospel. Because it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about him. Now God uses us and uses us to influence and impact other people for Jesus Christ. Listen to this. In, in 1 Corinthians 1.10, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Amen? Now, I believe he's from Virginia when he said that, you know, that you all speak the same thing. Now, think about this, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together. Wow. We ought to come together and set you. It's harmony. I was listening to the mic up here and I was told one time I can harmonize, so I started harmonizing with him. I didn't want to turn my microphone on in case it was bad. But the thing of it is, is that when we're in harmony together, it flows, doesn't it? It sounds good. And even if you're off key, if you're harmonizing, it doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> but the thing of it is, is that we're harmonizing. And that's the idea behind it, that we harmonize together, perfectly joined together. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. There's not a different Spirit in you, I pray not, than there is in me. And, and what that means is that we ought to be able to come together with one mind. Amen? And we stand fast, we persevere. For what purpose? The furtherance of the gospel. So then this is that Spirit which must stand fast, that we use to stand fast in. And, and listen, even in the midst of spiritual conflict, whether inside the body or outside the body, it doesn't matter, the Word of God stands, amen? And this is where we unify together. We come back and we say, yes, that's what God's Word says. Yes, that's what we'll do, because that's the truth. That's, that's where we should stand, amen? And this isn't just truth, folks. This is truth, isn't it? And so he said, sanctify them through thy Word. Thy Word is truth. This is not just truth, this is truth. Some things can be true, but it's a bad deal. But this is truth, and it's a good deal. Amen? 
And this is his letter to us. And so we're striving together. For what reason? So we can inspire other people to join in, to include them, to instruct them, to involve them, to impact them for Jesus Christ. The last thought is this. Christ wants us to put on his mind. And we do that often by serving others. When he says that ye may stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. You know, when we strive together, we serve others. You know, Kathy, I hadn't had such a great time in VBS in a long time when I was back there. I wanted to be one of the characters, by the way. Uh, when, I, when I was at Loudoun Baptist Temple, I got to be super Christian. Now, if you don't know who super Christian is, he looked a lot like Superman. I used to have a body like that, Brother Tantamon. And so I was Engineer Ernie, and Engineer Ernie, I know you'd catch it eventually, Jim, and uh, <laughs> Engineer Ernie would turn into Super Christian, and I would chase the devil around the auditorium every night, every night of vacation Bible time. I had so much fun. And then on Saturday, uh, Brother Mike, I had a boxing ring set up outside, and I got to box with the devil. Only I came out as Engineer Ernie. All the kids said that I was Super Christian, Tim Nichols was the same height and build as me, so we put him in the uniform, and all the kids thought that I was super Christian, so that day we put Tim in the ring with the devil, and I came out as Engineer Ernie to referee the fight, and they were like, no way! I mean, the kids were screaming and everything. Man, I had such a great time. I hadn't had a great time like that in a long time. Enjoyed being around those kids. Isn't that wonderful? Six in total, right, came to Christ? Six kids. Six children. I mean, think about that. Now, what are we doing that for? For the furtherance of the gospel. Isn't that why we're doing it? And boy, we can enjoy it together. We can be a family together. I mean, I was so grateful. I mean, Miss Fisher was there playing the piano each night. You know, it was exciting, wasn't it? And, 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 and I watched Chris go be a thief. A terrible guy. I'm going to refer to him as Aiken in the future. So. And the thing of it is, is that just think about how that was just for those few days. But what was the purpose? For the furtherance of the what? Of the gospel, right? And so when you think about this, we're given a charge to strive together for the faith of the gospel. Striving together. I like this. Wrestle in company with or seek jointly laboring together. When you wrestle in company with, you know. Now, I, when I wrestled in high school, and when I did, there was nobody but me and the other guy on the mat. Nobody was coming in to help me. But boy, it would have been nice, you know. Jim comes up, and I just, bam, and Jim takes over. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? And so, you know, you wrestle in company with. You're working together. And what it is, you're laboring together. You're striving together to make these things happen. And so in Romans 15, 30, he said, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. When he says strive together in your prayers, that means that we're working together. We're striving together. We're wrestling in company together. How? In prayer. Praying, praying together, wrestling together. We're laboring together. How? In prayer, Paul said, that we're working together in prayer. Jude 1, or Jude 3, he said, I exhort, that, uh, exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. That word contend means, man, we're going to get into it, right? And so he says you're going to get into that match. Why? Because we're striving for the furtherance of the gospel. So the same Jesus, by the way, folks, that saved me, saved your soul and the same Jesus that saved my soul and saved your soul can save every soul in this town amen that's the Jesus that we serve and we have to contend for the faith 
We have to wrestle with this. The efforts we put into all these undertakings here are useless unless they're a tool for outreach. Outreach for the lost or in reach to the souls that are sitting in the pews. And so it doesn't make any difference. It's always with Christ in mind. When we're striving together, in fact, we're wrestling in company with or laboring with fellow members for the gospel of Christ and his purpose in the church. So striving together is working together. And by the way, it's a spiritual battle, isn't it? It's a spiritual battle sometimes. I mean, think about how many things enter into your day. And sometimes it's a battle. And so uh, sometimes we can get selfish or we can get self-focused or we think this is about us or we think it's, you know, and it's not. It's just really just coming together. And by the way, the devil wants to come in and he wants to fight that way. He wants to disconnect us. He wants to create division. And God says, no, I need the unity of the faith and we're going to strive together for the faith of the gospel and for the purpose and for the cause of Christ. We serve others as we find a place of ministry in this local body of believers. We also serve by sharing the gospel with those who are in need of the Lord. And trust me, folks, whenever you're knocking on doors or you're talking to somebody, I don't care what their background is. I care about them, but their background is, it makes no matter. It doesn't matter how wealthy, what their title is in this town, how much money they have, uh, who they give their money to, what political affiliation they have. Absolutely none of that matters when we get them to the foot of the cross. None of that matters. And what we have to have inside of us is that I'm going to strive and listen. Whenever you knock on that door, go as far as you can with that individual, as far as they'll let you go. And if you can get that Bible open, you can get that door open, you can get that Bible open, and you can give them the gospel, you say, well, what if they don't trust Christ as Savior? Listen, go as far as you can with them. Don't stop. And believe me, I ask for your prayers as we go out and, and we knock doors and we do those things. I'm asking you, strive with pastor, strive with those that are going out. If you can't come, let's strive together. How can you strive with pastor? Hey, listen, we can wrestle in company together because one, we're going to pray before we go. You can be praying for us while we're out. Praying for the Spirit of God to tear down the strongholds in the community around us that we may be able to see those strongholds come down and enter into those homes by the power of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit and the unity of faith for the furtherance of the gospel. We're striving together, working in company together to win the lost. We strive together as we pray together. We strive together as we fast together. We strive together as we reach out to others. We strive together in our soul winning, in our canvassing, in our, in our visitation, in our prayer time for new families to join. And listen, praying for God's continual blessing, praying that, uh, that the, the uh, Blumenstocks are the beginning of something, not the end of something. <laughs> and that we continue by faith doing these things. So we want to disciple people. We want to train people, every member, to participate in accomplishing God's purpose. So what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to challenge you. Are you striving for the faith of the gospel? Are you trying to impact someone for Jesus Christ? Preacher, I'm too old. No, you're not. <laughs> Preacher, I'm too young. No, you're not. Preacher, I'm too busy. No, you're not. We have to decide in our hearts that we're going to do something. Now, you personally, what are you going to do about your life and your lifestyle? <laughs> How are you going to be when you come to church? Are you going to have that prepared heart? Are you going to have that teachable spirit? You're coming in saying, Lord, help me to have that pure heart when I arrive. I want something from you, God. I want to come. And as you come and you come into the house of the Lord, I'm challenging you to think about this. Uh, what, what's your spirit like? What's the attitude? Is it that 
I want to work in company with these folks. I want, I want to see God, one mind, one spirit, one body. I want us working together. That's what I want. So God, help me to be that person. And then lastly, we strive together so that we can see souls come unto Christ Jesus. And you say, well, I just want to see more people sitting in the pews. If that's our goal, we missed it. <laughs> but if we want to see more people saved for the kingdom of God, we got it right. If we really have a heart for that, then we got it right. Let's pray.